Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler here with my co-host Ben Bateman. Ben Bateman, did you just forget your name for a second? No, I just I like realized <laughs> I referred to myself in the plural. I said hosts. Oh yeah. Do uh, you ever do the thing where you say you're trying to say one word and another word, so you say a combination, and then you try to pretend like it didn't happen? Yeah. Somebody calls you. Well, out on it? I generally don't. I like I try and play off like I'm trying to create new slang. Right. I, I want I want to eventually have an entire kind of like version of language based on Alex Kessler speaking. Oh yeah. Like oh. I, I think I'm like. By the time I'm like 80, people won't understand. I'll be like one of those really heavy slang English guys you see, yeah. like in soccer hooligan stereotypes, you're where like be you like, don't understand them, and you're just like, "What did that?" You're gonna be like, "In dude, like where's my trip? car?" Except your only word is gonna be "sick." You're just gonna only say. Do sick. I say "sick" a lot? You do. Really? And then I say it now because uh, of you. Oh, nice. Well, I, I started because my younger brother said it, and I started yeah. making fun of him for it, and yeah. I think maybe it's just. And I, like I say bro more than I would like, but I started saying it to mock people who use the word bro overtly, and then it's fallen into my language pattern more than I'd like. I was saying sick ironically. It's not ironic anymore. Yeah. Uh, let's cut, let's talk about modern. Okay. <laughs> so. We're not going to cut that. <laughs> people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> um, but today, so today, so something we've talked about doing in a long time or someone should do, and I realize we should just... Just bite the bullet and do it as people that talk about modern regularly is modern really needs a ban watch list. So, you know, bannings are coming up. We I don't think either of us think any card is going to be banned this time around. Um, I think modern is still in a in in a, a solving perspective. Like we're still seeing what's going to be the shakeup after Kataxi Probe. I mean, obviously, uh, Death Shadow is the best deck in the format, and we're going to talk a lot about that today. Yep. Um, and where we're kind of at in in, in modern, but you know the Every time a card is banned, especially from left field, people are always like, oh, I wish I knew this was going to happen. I wouldn't have built this deck. I just bought all the cards for this deck yesterday. Uh, even to the extent that, you know, I bought Storm on Moto and the the Thing in the Ice deck, the Pyromancer Ascension Thing in the Ice deck. Right. Uh, oh, two days before Gitaxian Probe got banned. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Uh, yeah, the biggest expense was like Scalding Tarns, which yeah. now I own on Moto, so I'm not super sad. But so like, that's yeah. like a whole other conversation for us to have, by the way, which is that conversation, which is like, should you, if you're going to buy into a deck, where do you start, basically? Because the question was about modern mana bases, and I talked about this on 10 Minutes of Magic, and the question was like, you know, what do you do? And so I think we should do a whole episode about this. If you're going to acquire a modern collection, where do you start? And when you, when you start with the deck, what's the process you go through? Like... Because some people yeah, believe I, some yeah. people believe you buy the entire mana base for for the format modern. That's where you start. You just buy the mana bases because that's the most expensive thing for the most part. Um, sure, I, I think so. We did this very early on in the podcast yeah. history. I think maybe it was like episode two, but I think it's that was three years ago, and it's time to maybe revisit some of yeah. those subjects. <laughs> there was another one someone that wanted kind of an episode about like how to go from standard into modern, and we that was literally the very first episode we ever did on this podcast. Got and it. I think it's time to. 
modern standard has changed so drastically since then that it's worth another kind of revisit. For sure. Um, plus, you weren't on the podcast then. Yeah, it's so true. we don't know Ben's opinion on how to get from standard into modern. Oh, the world loves to hear my opinion. And never mind. When was the uh, last time you got from played standard? I was going to make a self-deprecating joke. Um, I haven't played standard in so long. I can't yeah. even tell you. I, um, I actually pay a lot more attention to standard than I did early on. Ten minutes of magic because I didn't news on Monday. I will always read the weekend results. Now. Oh, sure. So I actually like have a decent awareness of the top decks and the top cards and like the results, but. I don't play standard. Deck. Sure, I think I every year I end up buying some really janky standard deck. To this, if people are like, "Oh, I have a standard deck and I can play with them," right. this year I'm playing Mono Blue Cheerios with Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, you love that. They're not Marvel. Aetherworks Reservoir. Reservoir. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of Aetherworks on on Kaladesh. A lot of Aether there. That's so kind let's, of the point. So let's do but, a couple shoutouts and then talk about modern bannings. Yes, yeah. So yes. The, well, the purpose of this, and we'll now for now on, because right now we have like a link to modern band lists and a link to a few other things that are just on every episode page on collected.company. And this now list will also be included. There'll be at the bottom of every page kind of yep. a modern band list watch list. And we'll try and keep that consistently updating as time goes on so that you can always kind of look on any one of our episodes starting this week uh to see so fourth of july week 2017 <laughs> yeah uh happy fourth of july by by the way everybody yeah did uh, you have a fun holiday yeah mine was good too yeah i was in i went to uh massachusetts i was there for like five days oh nice i got stuck in marina del rey in los angeles and they shut down every road for a mile radius and so we had to walk to our uber after the guy waited for 20 minutes so we were both by the water yes that's good yeah i'm always <laughs> by the water yeah i never leave the water side that's cool i'm actually yeah, were you gonna say you were a merman a, a merfolk, or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm a merfolk. <laughs> just call me Lord of Atlantis. Uh, nice. So we got um, that on a t-shirt. So that'll be on. So that'll be on Collected Company. Speaking of which, you guys should all go check out Collected Company, our sister podcast. The Command Zone is there. They do crazy awesome content. They they're they're doing game nights all the time, they're, which is their uh, online. It's kind of like reality show version of watching people play Commander. Uh, that's extremely intense and very well made uh, by Josh Lee Kwai. They do the series with the professor where they like do debates. They have the Command Zone podcast, which is our sister podcast, which focuses on Commander content. Um, and they just do a great job all the time. So make sure to check out collected.company to see both of our podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I am at Cass Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. And we are at the MM Cast. Make sure to check out. So we created a Facebook group uh, two weeks ago, um, and it's a group. There's also a Facebook page, and that's less cool. The official Masters of Modern Facebook group. Uh, bunch of interaction there. Really cool people are posting deck lists. That's you can get kind of in live deck text from the community. So it's a really great place to go. Go like that page. It's really easy. Um, and make sure to follow Ben's uh, 10 Minutes of Magic show. It, we post it on the Facebook group. We post it on the uh, Twitter, but you can also go to the Anchor app, which uh, is a new app that's kind of like Twitter meets Instagram meets podcasts, and so you get like this cool, and I'm going to let Ben pitch the rest of it because it's his show instead of mine. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, it's it's simple and quick, and uh, it's like not a whole lot of content every day, but if you want like a little fix to listen to while you're driving from point A to point B, it's definitely an easy thing to do. Every day kind of has a little bit of a different flavor. Um, the, one, the one that I've been enjoying the most is the Trivia League on Tuesdays that I run, and there's a bunch of people that call in now, and I do like a leaderboard. I announce who's winning and everything like that. The questions are always varied. Um, in fact, why don't we play just like a like a 30 second version of this for this week's questions just to see if which ones you know and it's going to give people a this week's preview. questions right. yeah i'm going to reveal the answers in like four hours so okay. probably they'll already be out by the time but this is like the kind of stuff you guys would see if you know and you'd call in and whatever i'd shout you out so uh this week question number one uh was in the category of i think flavor text maybe and the the quote was like 
it represents the purity of Mirrodin that was, I think is the quote, and Koth of the Hammer says it. Okay. No idea. Oh, it's like a, it's a, it's a, what card is that flavor text on? Yeah, the actual quote was, uh, it reflects the purity of Mirrodin that was. Koth of the Hammer says this. Ooh, Mirror Pool? No, it's Dark okay. Steel Ingot yeah. was the answer to that one. Okay. Uh, the second one is, what are the two planeswalkers with the most paper printings? Uh, Nissa and. No, no, specific cards. Specific cards, not planeswalker characters. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I want to say. A Johnny Vengeant. Not Vengeant. You mean Goldman. Vengeant's been printed once, I think. Twice. No, because the video game promo, the the pre-release promo, the actual day card. There's three printings of it. Okay, well, that's wrong. But <laughs> uh, Jace Bellerin might be it because there's the, the anime one. There's the weird special book one that's like super expensive. There's the regular one, and then there's the dual deck one. Close to the top. He's like right behind, but the two, the two in that one are... Uh, are uh, Liliana Vess and Garrick Wildspeaker, and it's largely because there's a Garrick versus Liliana, Liliana deck dual deck that well, pushes them right into the. F- they're five times each in paper. Okay, um, including okay. Question three, I think, was like uh, in Pro Tour top eight single elimination rounds. Can you name two of the five most played cards? In Pro Tour top eight single elimination rounds. Yeah, can you no, name? No, I can't. Even, I don't even know it's if more, I can it's l- more look logic. at a specific Pro Tour. It's more logical than you'd think. Because a couple people just guessed it and got it. Lightning Bolt? That's one of them. That's one uh, of them. Basically, obvious, I'm assuming don't Beyond count. Fotsies? Um, yeah, you got it. Okay, cool. So a lot of people guess Counterspell. But okay. uh, I think like question four was like... Uh, anyway, long story short, that's the type of questions. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they're, you know, those are like worth one point each. The way I run it is that if you're calling in for the first time, because I run it as a four-week cycle... Um, and the season ends after four weeks and then starts over. But if you're calling in in the middle of the season, you get double points for that week, so you can try to get on the leaderboard. Okay. So it's like the second or the third week. Um, you can like jump the people behind you if you you know wait a week. Yeah, you so. just don't want to play week four. You don't want to play week four. <laughs> That's just practice. So anyway, guys, that's the league. Uh, get in on 10 Minutes of Magic. It's a lot of fun. Just download the app, Anchor.fm. All right, sweet. Uh, now let's do the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically the way we're going to do this is we have we're rating it based on temperature. Um, so there's hot, which we I think are cards that you want to be wary of. Uh, warm, which are cards that I think are possibly in the conversation of, of wariness and, and definitely on the, the bubble of possible being banned. And, and are w- a few really good performances away from becoming a problem um, or a few cards that maybe haven't been printed. Uh, we have uh, cooling, which uh, are cards that are in the conversation of possibly being... Um, banned but aren't really there um and like just kind of fringe possibilities um and then we have cold which are cards that people bring up as possible ban items but are very unlikely and we'll discuss why um lastly we'll probably talk about unbanning possibilities as a as a separate section yeah Uh, we talked about this a few times so it's a pretty it's a pretty standard list um i think that'll just be like a little rant at the end there this is the reason this conversation is happening is every few months whatever like prominent or dominant deck in modern settles there's people that discuss at that point, like, I don't know if it's because because modern stars feel like it's getting stale, but there's always a discussion about, like, should the best card in the best deck be banned? And it always happens after, like, about three months of a deck being very good. Well, I, say, I would say that a card gets banned about... Cards in, gets banned and unbanned about once a year. That seems to be the schedule yep. we're on. Um, when that happens is normally really the January-February ban, for whatever reason. It used to be a tied to the Pro Tour, but even this time, Gitaxian Probe and... Um, what, uh, Grave Troll Pro Grave Troll yeah. Grave Troll got banned um, but and there was no a tournament necessarily associated with that but it, more importantly 
pretty much every time a new set comes out, there's a ban list, you know, ban and restricted announcement that comes alongside of it, and people are almost always talking about what cards will be banned for that event. Right. Um, so, so let's 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 kind of break down. Do you want to start from the hot end or the cold end? Uh, I think probably we start at the hot end because okay. because realistically, this is what I was trying to say. There was a video posted by LSV on YouTube, and it was his. He admitted that he thinks Death Shadow should be banned. He didn't say maybe. He said he thinks it should be banned. That was the conclusion of the video. Okay. The video got a lot of shares, and a lot of people talked about it. And LSV being one of the most prominent voices in the Magic community, that means that the pendulum is going to swing much, much more towards that than it was before. Sure. So we wanted to do this episode now, and we apologize a little later in the week, but it was a holiday week, but it gave us a couple extra days to think about this. And I think that's where we start. I think we start with the hottest, and we start with that card, and I well, think we work yes. it down. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off because instead of a countdown, because we do so many of those, I'm just yeah. going to list off every card in our hot category, and then cool. we can kind of go over each one. Cool. Uh, so in our hot category, we have Street Wraith, yep. Mox Opal, Death Shadow, Mishra's Bobble. Hmm. So, the, you know, the the three of these cards, and, and really two of them for sure, are very much pointing at Death Shadow. Street Wraith and Death Shadow. Um, there's different arguments for each of them. Street Wraith follows under the category of makes your deck 56 cards it's the same argument that Gitaxian probe had yeah there, there there are other cards on the ban list that kind of follow suit with what this card is doing these other cards have different issues and you can argue they have some similar but there is definitively precedent for street wraith it does something that is a little on not what a magic card is supposed to do right um and it and it makes it you know the unfair problem of the 56 card deck um the other issue with that is it does hurt some other decks. We did just come from a cycling set where they added all these cool cycling cards, so they might want to keep their cycling card in modern to at least for a little bit. And that's why I don't think the bandlings are going to happen now anyways, just to see how Street Wraith plays with all the sweet cycle triggers that we got out of the last two sets. Right. Um, and then Death Shadow is probably the real card here. Death Shadow is definitely the, seems to be the card that's on the radar. That's, that's that's the one people are talking about like as a reality. Bobble, I think, for a second, and Street Wraith for a second. But Death Shadow, just, it's the it's, namesake card in the deck. So True, but the, the, it's Death Shadow or Street Wraith. I think if you're banning a card out of that deck, it's one of those two cards. One has precedent and is going to be a little bit more of a not killing the deck. And the other one is just definitively the card that this is the basis and issue on. Um, Street Wraith is definitely the card in Death Shadow that when you play the games against them, it feels the most cheater face. It's the one where like their opening hand, like people will keep zero landers with three Street Wraiths. I've seen it happen, yeah. and then they just crush you. Right. And it's like that's not really fair magic, right? You know, like, like Street Wraith is doing an unfair thing, where Death Shadow is just a big creature for a less expensive price. So it, th there's definitely an argument between them. I actually I think I agree with you that Death Shadow itself, and I agree with LSV on this. That Death Shadow itself is the card that plays magic in such a different way. It uses a resource in a way that's harder to track, and it makes it more complicated to work around. Well, yeah, he what he was saying, and this is what I agree with, is that it does. It, it's a very difficult card to play against. It's very counterintuitive to the way magic is designed. It's such a weird card. But what it ends up being is that... Modern, probably next to Legacy ever, is the format that utilizes life total the most effectively. Um, it's the, the games do go long enough that your life total on a turn-to-turn -turn basis can be leveraged like to really gain an advantage, but you can, you can gain control of the game. It's not like Vintage where like 
your life just, total isn't a thing. You just lose or win, and it has less to do with your life total than it has to do with yeah, what I mean, happened. And Legacy's close to that, but Modern's fair enough that the games will go four and five turns most of well, the I think, time. I think life totals are most relevant to Modern than almost any other format because it's, because so much of the drawbacks in Modern are like Thoughtseize, the fetch lands are based lands, on yeah. your life total being manipulated. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. And so I, that's where I think that Death's Shadow comes in. It's such a unique card in Modern. Now, I guess the question is, so so let's just start with Death's Shadow, just the discussion of the single card Death's Shadow, and beyond just the Grixis deck, sure. into the Jun deck, into formerly the aggressive decks. And I don't think... Well, that no, I mean, there's... there's Right now, there is a... The best one is Grixis, and it's by a wide margin. But then very underneath it is Jund, Esper, and, and Abzan, like and with absent being probably below those two, and then even below that, there's I've seen Saltio lists and I've seen Mardu lists. Mardu lists. Let's not so forget like, though that like just six weeks ago, Jun was the best deck. Sure, it, it happened, and it's not like anything changed. There was no new card printed that made this happen. Well, people figured out what cards are better than other cards, and yep. they realized that the format is more. Tarmogoyf is less resilient to the format than Gurmag Angler and, and Tassigur. Right. And blue allows both the work pretty functionally, and that's pretty much the main thing that happened and there. Stubborn Denial all of a sudden became a premier magic yeah. card in modern. Um, <laughs> Instead and, of fringe card. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, part of this is also... All of the cards that matter are in black. Sure. So... And it's all monocolor black. It's not like Jund used to be where there was, you know, one of the key things was Abrupt Decay. Right. The fact that Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Inquisition of Kozlek, and Death Shadow, and Street Wraith are all mono black cards means that this literally sides into, or this engine easily sides into every color that can play black. Every color combination that has black available to yeah, it. Yeah, it's all based around it. I mean, I, so he, here's... Oh yeah, go ahead. No, which means that the 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 argument to me is more Death Shadow than Street Wraith because because Street Wraith isn't what's bleeding into so many colors. Death Shadow is so easily splashable that you sorry about that everybody <laughs> that you run into what's happening now. I think that's more the issue. If 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 for whatever reason it required you to play two colors in some way, I would have less of a problem with Death Shadow. But because of its single color ability, it, it makes it feel like there's six different decks that are all homogenized. Sure. And that's when a card, to me, looks like it's more worthy of being banned. Um, when it's A, the best deck, B, it's dominating, and C, it's problematic. Yeah, my opinion outright outright would be I don't think you need to ban Death Shadow. So I disagree with LSV there. I don't think that this doesn't feel oppressive enough yet. Um, it actually honestly feels like if you really wanted to shake things up, why wouldn't you just ban Thoughtseize? Because that, to me, it's it's the fact that you can play eight really, really effective one-mana hand disruption spells in the deck with really efficient threats, but Thoughtseize makes, Thoughtseize makes this deck work in a way that it made so many other decks work, where I actually think that if you were to ban Thoughtseize, I don't think that Death Shadow is anywhere near as good of a deck as it, as it was before. Anyway, what you, it's not, you're not going to replace it with Duress. Sure, but I think, A, getting rid of Thoughtseize is probably bad for modern thoughtseize is our force of will it's just blatantly what it is and the format looks more degenerate with it like the decks that get much better without thoughtseize are going to be really fun for everyone for two months we're gonna have two months where Thoughtseize is gone and everyone's like, oh, sweet, I get to play my crank grand ironworks deck or I get to play no but see this is where I disagree with you because I think 
you replace it with duress, and all of a sudden, Inquisition and duress is like no one plays duress. You won't play duress main deck. Duress know, isn't a main deck. I know card. you won't, but you're okay. You play four flip, four Inquisition to Kozilek, and then combo decks that have four mana spells that win the game are the best thing in the format, and then it becomes For game a glass one, cannon. Game one, I, but that people don't like the game of that's what like, that's not a fun matchup. The the matchup of we do our own thing until one of us wins. And, or someone draws their random sideboard card that automatically makes me lose isn't fun magic. That's kind of the complaint people had for Modern Forever, and Thoughtseize is the closest thing to keep the format fair, and I think that's not something you want to get rid of. You get rid of Thoughtseize, Tron becomes the best deck in the format, period, no matter what. Hmm. Uh, okay, I guess that's I guess that's like a fair opinion. I just... Banning Death Shadow, to me, feels like one of those things where it's like, all right, this card's been legal forever. Thoughtseize, Street Wraith... Fetchlands, Shocklands, all these ways to mitigate your life total, been legal forever. Literally, the only card that has left the format recently that had any effect on that is Gataxian Probe. And you had a completely different deck, a completely different Death Shadow deck, that played Gataxian Probe as a four of. So this, to me, feels like one of those things where, yes, it does something unfair. It, it's like, uh, you've, see that, you've seen this happen, where cards that were legal for a long time, people put them together and they figured it out. This is what happened with the Amulet Bloom. It was legal for years, and then all of a sudden people were like, oh, you can actually just do really unfair things if you combine X plus Y. It's kind of what happened here, and I feel like banning Death Shadow is not... Death Shadow's a weird magic card. Using, using Death Shadow effectively with cards that already existed, like, let's examine what makes Death Shadow so effective. But, I mean, I, I guess the point is, this, the point of this list isn't to necessarily say, should or shouldn't this card be banned? Sure. The point of this is, is saying that it's it, this is a card to keep an eye on because this deck has a likelihood of having a card banned from it. And I think Death Shadow is literally in the position of Birthing Pot and Splinter Twin were when the year before they got banned. I will or, agree with you 100,000% that no question Death Shadow is the number one. It's public enemy number one as far as the card you can expect to be banned, especially because LSV posted that video. I do, I do think that I that, think it was there before that, but I think LSV cemented it. Hundred yeah. percent. That that kind of that kind of statement from a pro of that level is damning evidence. Right, and and and, and I don't think it'll happen until January. Okay. I think we have the entire year, and if it continues to be the best deck in the format by a wide margin, Death Shadow will be banned. Okay, that's fair. Um, now the other things in our hot list to kind of get, and we you know we talked about um, Street Wraith. Street Wraith. But let's examine Street Wraith for okay. a minute. Let's let's because I think it's one of the other premier cards. I think we should spend more time on the most important ones. Sure. Um, Street Wraith to me is the card that if you were gonna if you wanted to take a crack at this, of the cards on the hot list, Street Wraith makes more sense to me. I don't think that you lose all that much by ditching uh, Living End as a deck, and I think that you kill Living End as a deck if you get rid of Street Wraith. I disagree. I, I think with all the cycling cards that came out, Living End has so much cool, powerful things that it's doing that specifically. Street right. Wraith going away right now wouldn't murder it. It just would make it weaker, but so, that's fine. That's what my next comment was going to be. I do think that the deck is interesting in the same way that there's an interesting version of Amulet Bloom that people can play now. Um, it's not like a tier one or even tier two deck. I think it's better than you're thinking. It, it top it of the four top eights in modern in 2017. Or I guess there's six, but uh, the ones I was going into, it top eighted multiple of them. Street Wraith, you mean? Yeah. No, no, no. Living, living end. end. Yeah. Yeah. And with, it was it was in the the one that Grixis Death Shadow won. It was second place. But with Street Wraith. Like it's, sure, sure. Again, I'm saying if you get rid of it, it, lo it lowers it from tier one. But that, I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I think it becomes the version of what we have of, some, of Amulet Bloom. I think a deck people play, but I don't think a deck that's going to be anywhere I think near it's, as powerful. I think it's where it was a year ago. 
I think it. I think it lowers its power level to mid tier. I think you're underrating the power of it. I think you're underrating the power of a fifty six of a fifty six card deck that actively wants to I think be a fifty six card deck and can play a card to make it that way. Underrating all of the really good blue cyclers that came out between the Sphinx and the Hexproof guy. You know that I love the Sphinx and the Hexproof. No, no, guy. And I, I get it. But, but my point is that this deck has already gotten a huge shot on the arm after the ne- these last two sets. That I think it's going to be more dominant, and I think getting rid of Street Wrath will hurt it, but it won't hurt it as bad as you are saying it will. It just will lower the power level a little bit so okay so then that proves my point which is that i think street wraith is a safer banning street wraith is a safer banning than death shadow in my mind um and i think that honestly i don't think that they're gonna jump to ban death shadow it's such a weird card it's such an interesting and cool weird card whereas street wraith is like it's doing something unfair it's doing something you're not supposed to be able to do which is use your life as a resource to draw a card which is why getaxian probe ultimately aside from the information was banned the problem is is what are you trying to do if Wizards is trying to kill Death Shadow, yep, or make it so Death Shadow is no longer playable, banning Street Wrath can backfire because it could just not Death Shadow could still just be the best deck in the format, right? The banning Street Wraith, if both, you know, for instance, the other of the four cards on my watch list, one of them is more of an issue because it's in two different decks that have both won GPS this year. And is obviously very powerful and does something very unfair. So if street say say uh, living end starts dominating and doing very well, and and death shadow is the best deck in the format. Like we, we get a, a pillar of where those death shadow is kind of doing that with that other deck doing it. Then we have a situation where this card is maybe too dominant in the format at large. Kind of what Gitaxian Probe was doing, where six different tier one decks were playing Gitaxian Probe. Right. And that's when you start looking. And that's one of the problems I have with Death Shadow in general, is you have four different variants of a Death Shadow deck, but all of them are just different colors combinations, while right. it's all pretty much doing the same thing. And that's becoming homogenized, similar how Green Sun Zenith would have been if it was right. legal, where every green deck just has to play Green Sun Zenith, which means you're playing these 12 cards. Sort of what was happening with Deathrite Shaman at the time when it made all the mid range decks kind of the same four color. Like gobbledygook. Yes, exactly. When you got rid of Bloodbraid Elf and it made it so Jund was not the thing you had to be doing, Deathrite Shama would just made it to play these top 10 black, white, red, green cards and just go with it. Yeah, and just whatever numbers you wanted and you had people experimenting. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I get that. Um, I, I think those, though, we would agree that those are the two. Those are scalding, right? Those are those are the scalding. No, I, I'd say cards. I'd say there's four four heart cards. We and we listed it. Mox Opal and Mishra Bobble are the other two. So let's and, break those ones down. Uh, so Mishra Bobble is the first one I want to do. Uh, Mishra Bobble is not a real magic card. No, it's a, it's a weird fringe. It's, it's it's not fringe. I mean, like it sees tier one play. The it's also in the ensnaring bridge decks. It's in a lot of the decks that are playing it. I guess when I say fringe, what I mean is it was a an experimental card printed to reference an old card that was that was printed as an uncommon in a in between set that really shouldn't have ever existed. Cold snap. Totally. It's an uncommon that's worth like fifty dollars or something like that. There's a really good funny argument uh, right now, and I think it's from Michael Grothy is where I first heard it uh, of just banning cold snap. The entire like it shouldn't be in mo- modern because <laughs> it's it has like old four set. relevant cards that have ever done anything right. It's like Fury of the Horde, and they're all like weird and maybe not good for Magic. Like the cards that Cold Snap does, Allosaurus Rider, Fury of the Horde, we lose Scred, which is really sad. Scred, um, yeah, Scred's one, and then like nobody is- Dark Depths, Mishra, like a lot of the cards from it are like badly weird. The, the most powerful standard card when that set was legal was Orin Viper, and no one has ever played Orin Viper. Oh, in totally. Modern. <laughs> that's that's like so weird it's, it's a it's a 50 dollar card that shouldn't be good makes delirium cards in general way too powerful um and 
is probably gives you free information you don't need. Has like very Gitaxian probe esque issues, similar to Street Wraith. I think all three of these cards theoretically deserve, in some ways, to be banned because they do the same thing of making your card a, you know, the the fifty six card deck plus bonus. Yeah. And Mishra's Bobble is just a card that I don't think Magic needs to have legal. <laughs> it would be interesting if, and I'm sure, I'll bet you somebody has done this. So guys, if you're listening, tweet at me Ben Bateman Media or the MM Cast and let me know. I would be very curious to know, is there like a table showing the types of effects that have created the most unfair situations in Magic's history? Like, Because what, what we're talking about right now is one half of these are fast mana, the other half is shrink your deck. Well, and um, free card draw. Yeah, free card draw, uh, cheating your mana, like there seems to be two of them, mm-hmm. and then like just like overt power. I wonder if like overt power of like a creature or something or like damage, like that's not something that jumps out at me. I mean, that's what Death Shadow is. That's the problem with Death Shadow to me, is that the, the thing that Death Shadow... The precedent for Death Shadow of all cards on the ban list is Death Ray Shaman. Sure. And maybe Stoneforge Mystic. In the sense that it's a early game threat that's great early and is a late game threat that's great late. And that just for one mana is way too strong. It's so counterintuitive that this would be as good as it is because it makes you feel like isn't there enough burn flying around that a Death Shadow deck should just not be good? I and mean, it's, and uh, you're just proven wrong when you play against it. You're just wrong. It doesn't work. And brutality wrecks burn. Yeah, the, that like the the biggest reason burn is doing so badly is collective brutality is one of the top five most played cards in the format, and literally every mode on it is bad for burn. The minus two minus two to the creature kills every creature in their deck. The gain two life, they lose two life. Is gain two life, which is for all intents and purposes a card to burn. Yeah, and then target player gets to rest <laughs> is also a card to burn. For so two for mana one, and two more cards, you can like you can just like you end three the for game. three for two of them, <laughs> three for three of them, and you end up with more life. And their cards as a resource are so important. Oh yeah, like literally every card to them is worth two of your cards, and yeah. you've three for three of them, which is like insane against them. And that's not to talk about the fact that you're playing likely a deck that wants cards in the graveyard. So you're discarding lingering souls, or you're discarding fodder for your Tassiger. Like yeah. If you're playing Collective Brutality, you're getting value off of those discards. It's in, just bad. In my eight, burn. In my eight <laughs> so main deck Leyline, uh, I built like the eight main deck Leyline black-white deck with like Liliana's Lingering Souls, all of like Devout Lightcasters, Mirror Crusaders, and like Distorting right. Lens. I like built this list and I was like, looking at it and I was like, wouldn't this just be sweet? Because like you have protection, oh, four Collective Brutality main decks. You just discard all of your extra Leylines and crap that you don't want mid-game of the right. Brutalities. I think I played like one pack rack because I was just like, why not? To get to the mid game and then just take over. Yeah, I mean the the three for three we're describing is also like <laughs> my your three best cards and or your two best cards plus I gain life and you lose life and which is another your next card and then I also just I like discard two lands that I don't need or I discard right. a land in a random card I won't be casting because you're a burn player and the chances of me casting my four drop are low. Right. <laughs> um, it's so bad for them. But beyond that. Uh, Bobble would be a weird banning to me. Bobble would be a banning where I don't think it would fix the problem. I think Bobble three months ago would have made sense, and I think that it very quickly could make sense again. I just think right now we're at a weird divot where the Delirium versions of Death Shadow aren't the Tier 1 versions of the deck. I think, honestly, you're looking at a further a further down the line problem that will be a problem, and that's the fact that Mishra's Bobble with Traverse the Ulvenwald is going to be a problem at some point in the deck. And, and it, has, it, it I, was, yeah. but I think, again, and, and if you get rid of Street Wraith, it becomes less of one, but I think that eventually it's too efficient of a tutor too early, and it's, it's just that that's a tutor you don't want running around. Like that's. I think Traverse is fine because 
this is the one card that makes that hoop easy to jump through. You're going to get a creature in your graveyard. Street Wraith gets you a little quicker, but it's not hard to put creatures in your graveyard. Creatures yeah. are natural cards you're going to be playing with. Getting Delirium off of it for... Because you basically need to get an Artifact, Planeswalker, or Enchantment into your graveyard. That's how you really pull off the Delirium game. Or a Tribal card. Right. Looking at you, Tarfire. Discarding a Bitter Blossom. Sweet. Automatically Delirium. But you also don't have... A, Blitter Blossom in your hand anymore. Um, but I think just Mishra's Bobble itself is... Makes Tarmog... Like, it does all these weirdly unfair things that a card shouldn't right. be doing. And, like... Bobble, to me, feels, honestly, like, at this point, with the with the way the temperature out there on the airwaves, uh, or the Twitter sphere, uh, is almost Tier 2. I don't actually think it's as much a Tier 1 concern anymore. Sure. I think... I think two, a month ago it would have been Tier 1, and I think a month from now it'll be Tier 1, and we might, as we are recording this episode, it might be divoting just because Grixis is better than Jund at the moment. Right. But I don't know if that lasts. Yeah, like I said, the combination of that plus Traverse means you have access to a lot of very toolboxy effects, and toolboxy effects, historically, A, combo off, or B, answer the best deck. Right. So, like, that existing is something to pay attention to. I mean, to. even a card like Claim to Fame makes Jund better than right. maybe Grixis, just because now you can get Tarmogoyf and Death Shadows back versus right. Snapcaster Mage, which Snapcaster Mage at sorcery speed is fine, but maybe not the best thing they'd be doing. Yeah, it's good. Um, next on this list, and this is the last one, is Mox Opal. Mox Opal's won two GPs this year. Yeah. That's equal to Death Shadow. Opal's like hilarious. It's the it's the one on this list that's been talked about for the longest. I mean, it's, we, yeah, this there. I mean, this and one other card that we're going to talk about on the next list is th there's two, and they're both fast mana cards, and they've both just been floating forever as the should this card be banned card. Right, and and, and it just has, and I don't, I don't think Affinity is ever going to cause Mox Opal to be banned. I think what Affinity is doing is totally fine. They we just went through an entire artifact set where it didn't give enough power to Affinity to make Affinity problematic right so i th and i think we have a long time till we go to another artifact theme set so it really being an issue isn't i don't think we're going to see for a while right i think this is a uh a lantern control ban yeah i think the deck survives but i think between affinity and lantern control mox opal now is this weird glaring almost insult to splinter twin and and all of the cards banned out of jun in the sense of like and birthing pod where like this is the only we did the modern best modern decks and affinity is the only tier a historically a class modern deck to not have a card banned out from it and lantern is then using that same card to do a blatantly unfair and unfun thing that's probably not great for magic in general as much as i like that lantern the control deck exists right uh i'm not a, also against i'm more willing to let that take a notch out of its belt than to take Street Wraith out of the format and hurt Death Shadow. I think Death Shadow is a more fun deck. Right. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yeah, I, I would have to say Opal's power level is on the same level of what we're talking about at the top. It, it like It's every bit as powerful and problematic as Death Shadow. Yeah. But the fact that it's existed as long as it has through all of these other bannings and has always... I think, like, I like... Death Shadow's been around since the beginning of the format. Yeah, but wasn't... And Traverse... And, tra and, and Grixis is a deck that literally has zero cards printed in the last year that are, like, really what's making it... I mean, as like, it does have cards that were new, but... That's all, pretty much been a deck for a year. 
Opal has been a tier one magic card in modern for for six years. Sure. So like that to me is like that's been the longest standing. But Lantern's really a year and a half old. But it could have been older. It's just it's true, true, true. Uh, but I think that that's true of a lot of decks yeah, in modern. The issue is my point more is that Lantern is a deck that I would put on this watch list. I think Lantern will have a card gotcha. banned out from under it. What card that is 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 a, maybe a good discussion. We're gonna get when we get to our lukewarm category i think that's not what it's called but we'll get there yeah um to what that card would be the other one would be but i think mox opal itself with affinity winning more gps than any deck that hasn't had a card banned out of it and lantern control being this kind of problem deck that right wizards doesn't want to get too good if lantern wins another gp i think mox opal goes yeah, I would agree. I think they don't want Lantern to be around. I, I mean, or they do, but they don't want it to be, like, really good. It's, right. it's literally the exact same thing as Amulet. It's just that Amulet looked cooler. Amulet was doing, like, something that was, like, people were like, oh, my God, you're playing Primeval Titan, and you're bouncing, and there's a Teleria West involved, and sure. you've got a Double Strike land. This is crazy. It also broke Magic's a modern rule blatantly. Yeah. Lantern does, too. You lose against Lantern on turn two. But you just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. Versus versus primeval titan decks where you actually literally just you just lost on turn yeah, two. Yeah, because they did yeah. something crazy. Yeah, like you actually yeah. were losing the game on turn two versus lantern where you have thirty turns to pretend that you can win, but you can't. Right. It's it's kind of like the difference between like Mike Tyson is affinity, but uh, lantern is much more like Floyd Mayweather. Like it's just he get he goes the decision every single time and he just wins. And it's like he's technically perfect and he's never gonna knock you out. And the world's just going to be like, that was so boring to watch. Why did we pay so much money for that? And it's like, he was going to win always because he's just technically perfect. That's what Lantern is. Yeah. It's like, they on turn two, they establish a lock and you're never going to get out of it. And right. you're going to have to, if you want to, if you want to chase it all the way down to the end, be my guest. Yeah. Be my guest. But like, you're going to lose. Yeah. And it's going to suck for you. So you should just concede. And, and that's a strategy that Wizards isn't going to want to be tier one yep. for very long. And if, if Lantern ends up being, because right now, so like, this is the last piece of this information. Right now, I think we are in. If Splinter Twin and Birthing Pod were the yin and yang of the modern format at that time, I think right now Eldrazi and um, Death Shadow are those two. And if I were to pick a rock, paper, scissors in that, I would probably pick Lantern. If you're going to attack both of those decks very easily, playing Bridge from Below on turn two is like real good. <laughs> and Staring Bridge. And Staring Bridge. Yeah. Bridge from Below playing at all is bad because it's an enchantment that doesn't do anything. <laughs> I feel like an old man now when we talk about these. You're like the new frontier of modern, these Eldrazi decks and this other stuff. And the old days, and I'm like, oh, the old days of Splinter Twin versus Birthing Pod. Or, you know, like Splinter Twin yeah. and Jund. I was like, that was easy to understand. It's like, this is like... Uh, it's the new new fancy world we live in. Yeah. So that's, that's, our, that's our hot. Those are the four cards that if you're looking at one of those three decks being, for all intents and purposes, or four decks, a Delirium deck... Uh, more specifically, Death Shadow decks and um, yep. Lantern Control and Affinity. Be wary that these cards are definitely on Wizards' watch list of like looking at it very hard. Yep. The next category we have are the Warm decks. So these are cards that are generally on the bubble. You kind of argue that you think that it's possible that Mishra's Bobble is more of a warm card than necessarily a hot card. Um, and there's one card here that could very easily, with a few GP wins, become very hot. Um, and that's the warm category. These are things that are closer to the ban list, but probably need specific things to happen to make them watchable. Where if nothing happens, we c I could see Wizards banning any of the hot cards without much of a need of an explanation. 
Those cards are Devoted Druid, Spirit, Simeon Spirit Guide, and Eldrazi Temple. Yeah, these are... I hear you on these ones completely. And so let's do a quick breakdown of each one of these. So yep. Devoted Druid's a recent one, and it's literally only a card that's on the list because of the printing of Vizier of the Remedies. Correct. And totally. It's, to me... This is not something that needs to be banned. I think it's I think it's on people's radar, and I understand why it's on people's radar because it's a very easy way to generate infinite mana. And this deck with Dustwatch Recruiter and Court of Calling knows how to use its infinite mana to kill you. But I also think that a two card combo that generates infinite mana very efficiently is a good thing. But it's not an instant win. You still need a third card. You still need to be able to channel it sure. into something. And in my opinion, as somebody who's tried to build a lot of you know infinite mana decks, like namely with Peely Paul and Grand Architect, and this is a much better version of it, uh, there is a problem. Hashtag ban Grand Architect. <laughs> there is a problem with uh, focusing too much on that. I don't think this is an egregious uh, mistake on Wizards' part. It would surprise me if there was a banning announcement anytime soon with this card. I think... Yeah, and, and and some of what the warm list to me also means is these are cards that in the next two years I can see being banned. Like I can see them going through a ban cycle, banning some of the hot cards, and then this combo becoming too powerful. I think right now it's totally serviceable and fine. It dies the collective brutality without really even thinking about it. That I think it's fine. Devoted Druid is also a fast mana card. Right. It's a card that wins in a way that other cards on the ban list have precedent for. Anything it makes two extra mana on turn three without much work. Sorry, I just zoned out for a second. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the the point is that you know, uh, Mox Opal, Spirit Guide, Eldrazi Temple. These are all cards that are, and then a ton of the cards on the actual ban list are too quick at generating mana, regardless of the infinite combo. And Devoted Druid is that. Like, you can go on turn three to turn five and play a five drop. No, or turn two to turn three and play a five drop yep. with this card. Maybe a six drop. Six, in elves, for sure, a six drop. Right. Um, so, like, that that quick of mana is in itself possibly problematic. And then you add the fact that now it's a win condition with infinite mana makes this card possibly too powerful. And that's why we put it in the warm category. I don't think it's hot. I don't think we're seeing any of these cards go away tomorrow. Um, the only one here that might be on the bubble is, uh, like, this one specifically, I think, is just, it's a high-priority target that is currently, you know, fine. Eldrazi Temple. No, no, no. Uh, oh, oh. Devoted Druid. Devoted Druid. Yeah. Got it. Um, Temple, to me, is a really interesting one to discuss, because, so when when uh, East-West Bowl won that Pro Tour, um, mm -hmm. JC, JC, JC. Yep. and Andrew Brown was still playing Magic before he was working for Wizards, we had him on, and we talked about, after that, you know, the power of Ivogan versus the power of Eldrazi Temple. And what we said to him was, well, what if you just banned Ivogan? Would the deck, wouldn't the deck still be good? And he said, no, it's like nowhere near good enough if you just ban Ivogan. You know, we tested it with just Temple. It's fine, but, like, it's not, you, you wouldn't be able to do it. You have to mulligan down an Ugin hand. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think part of his statement also was, we discussed Vesuva and Eldrazi Temple yeah. together, and he was basically like, Vesuva is unplayable. And I think he was correct there. Yeah, the tapped, um, the tapped but nature. Can... Yeah, and, and I think that's really interesting because it's not that that Eldrazi deck, the one that was so explosive that was playing Endless One and all that, is not the deck that people are playing. And so that deck didn't survive. But the fact that Eldrazi Temple in multiple decks, but it has survived combined and with the Eldrazi and Hierarch. Because what we've said, and I think you and I agree with this, the most powerful thing you're doing in general as an El with an Eldrazi card is Thought Not Seer. 
that's like that's that's the card that from day one has been like this is the thing that makes this so bananas it's a four four creature that strips your hand you can play it on turn two so like that's a problem but the thing is that card's only so good because of the lance and 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 you know we we put up this the question and figure out what people also thought about this issue do you have stuff like the Tron lands. That's the other one that kind of came up in this contention because that's what it's doing now. It's combining Eldrazi Temple's power and the Tron land power to create an Eldrazi deck that's extremely explosive and I would say is the second best deck in the format. But there is definitely, is, isn't there that weird tension that happens when you draw an Eldrazi Temple and it Eldrazi Temple interacts with half of your deck but then like the Tron lands that are, you interact with your whole deck but the temples don't help you cast your like giant things? I mean there's a tension to that but they cut down on some of those giant things and the other thing is you only play the Eldrazi Temple when it's able to generate two mana got it you can choose that turn oh i have thought not zero i have eldrazi temple i'll play it now instead of an urza land got it. all other times you play urza lands or green lands to and to get the lands you need it's only four because it's only yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it. not that it's not the tension isn't as high as you would think hmm. um it's based on what you're going to do that turn and take advantage of that correctly you're just taking advantage of two like mid-range giant things and sometimes you like have to play eldrazi temple on turn one because it's the only real land you have to play then but in that situation a you kept a bad hand because you're not playing right and b every deck has bad man like right color draws it's just like playing liliana and any double red card and just like oh i drew the not double red land so i can't play chandra now is blood moon just the most insane magic card in modern right now because it's just like no uh, i mean eldrazi gets around blood moon eventually because it plays the um because it plays oblivion stone yeah yeah, I, I think I think it's good. I don't think it's insane. Insane, like it stops. I mean, it, it gets stripped. It's as good as it Death always Shadow. is. Yeah, Death Shadow has ten ways to get rid of it. I mean, I was just thinking how good it is against the two best decks right now. It's yeah. like literally just like it makes. I don't think it's good against Death Shadow. I think Death Shadow has too fast, too, and it, and it's going to strip it. So it's going to strip it, and it just needs one basic one swamp, yeah. and the deck is totally fine. Versus, it's true. Like other decks that like need other than that. Um. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the last one on this list. Well, I mean, speaking of Eldrazi Temple, you know, I think there is an Eldrazi card, and Eldrazi could easily become the best deck again. Yeah. And Eldrazi Temple is a very obvious target because it was it dodged the ban last time. It it was one of the ones in contention, so it it very much feels like the most likely card on this list. I don't think because Thought Not Seer is not that much better than Reality Smasher. It is better than Reality Smasher, but getting rid of Thought Not Seer is just feels less effective yeah um and 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 doesn't hit all of the different decks because you know yes you can get rid of the tron lands but then bant eldrazi is still maybe the best deck in the format or Mardu eldrazi is maybe the best deck in the format so like eldrazi temple is the only through line similar how death shadow and street wraith are the only through lines to all the death shadow decks right um last but not least simian spirit guide this is the one I was talking about with Nox opal the fact that this is still legal is astonishing this it, is like it's been warm yeah. since started seeing play two years or something <laughs> maybe longer yeah it's this card is crazy to me like it's we literally had a conversation on my first episode on this show ever the first episode i did where we we did a uh, at the time we were brewing with grand architect and um chalice of the void and it was a simian spirit guide into chalice of the void turn one deck and it was supposed to be fast mana to just like power out stuff and it was like oh yeah this card's legal and i think we talked on that show about 
it's crazy this doesn't see more play because like this is a way to speed any deck up. You can just do things on turn one, and like right. modern is such an incremental value game. Like it's, it matters so much those turns two through four that if you can get to turn two on turn one, do it. The fact that this has been legal ever since then, and it's shown up in like multiple, multiple, multiple unfair, you know, combo decks and aggressive. It's like, how has this managed to survive? Yeah, it it needs. It needs one of the decks that it's a key part of. Or it, one of the decks that's not even a key part of, but that it aggressively puts into turn four or below. It needs one more Amulet Bloom deck for it to right. be successful in, for it to get banned. In that situation. Like, if Goryo's Vengeance gets a piece that makes it insane. Totally. Then I think this goes. Uh, it, you know, there Or another deck that I'm not... You know, there are other decks that played Simeon Spirit Guide. Any type of combo deck that takes advantage of this in a way that's unfair... Um, puts us in a situation and I don't think it's the chalice combo because Wizards likes chalice Wizards likes that it stops degenerate things sure like, like death shadow not being able to be cast is good for magic yes it feels it's an unfun way of doing that and it can lock people out but I think we're going to run more into problems of Simeon spirit guide right in a I'm going to kill you on turn one through three deck happening again and that deck being too good and that's the situation I'd be afraid of um with Goryo's Vengeance decks, I think the fact that they're so damaged by Graveyard Hate yep. makes it less likely that it'll be from that deck and versus some other combo deck we haven't seen. Yeah, there's so many of the good decks that are damaged by Graveyard Hate. It's actually kind of hilarious. It's like, it, it is so important and so great that they continue printing cards that affect Graveyard so effectively. Uh, it feels like Modern is getting to the point where if you ran three Leyline of the Voids, three Leyline of Sanctity, and uh, a bunch of Graveyard Hate and Life Gain effects, you like are just going to be fine. <laughs> Literally the deck I was just talking yeah. about. The eight well, you're laying in main. I'm saying in the, my sideboard would be those oh. three, those three, like four Ancient Grudge, and then four, like... Generic life gain effects that are like, and you just won't have a problem. Yeah, I, I look. I am in complete and total agreement. It was like it was leaving whatever that tournament I was just at, uh, GP Vegas, Vegas, yeah, Vegas. That I was sitting at a California pizza kitchen, and I was like, I wonder if this deck would just work. And I started brewing it, and you know, I, I just like, yeah, here it is, right here. I'll read off the list. This is what I, this is what I came up with. Two Oriok Champion, one Pack Rat, four Devout Lightcaster, four Mirror and Crusader, four Path to Exile, three Collective Brutality, three Distorting Lens, two Liliana of the Veil, four Lingering Souls, four Leyline of Sanctity, four Leyline of the Void, one Wrath of God. And then like 24 lands with like some cycling lands in there and uh, a shambling vent. And it was like, okay, so like in my opening hand against half the decks in the format, if I have a Leyline or a Sanctity, it's going to just turn off the other deck. And like, in a lot in, in a lot of cases, like you turn off their deck and like land a pack rat, and it's like, all right, now I'll just win because like <laughs> you're not doing yep. what you wanted to do, and I have something that if you don't kill immediately is just going to end the game. And like, collective brutality is so good. I feel like I mean all the wonky stuff in here that you've been talking about, devout lightcaster and mirror and crusader and distorting lens, lightcaster and crusader are just very very good against death shadow. Crusaders g- generally very good. I think to vote lightcaster is a silly card. <laughs> I agree. Um, it's sweet. I'm not. It, Sweetness is there. You, I, it, you see that you see the combination between Lightcaster and Distorting Lens, because it, when it enters, it exiles a black permanent and Distorting Lens for two taps to turn any, a permanent any color you want. Which means on turn three, it's Stone Rain if you want, oh, sure. if you want it to be. It's just with those two on turn two and turn three, it turns into answer anything you played. So that's the reason, but also that Lightcaster Got is it. just good against Death Shadow. Sure, um, but also it gets stripped from your hand. Anyway, that was my silly deck that I never went anywhere with. But it just won't get stripped from your hand. You have Leyline of Sanctity in play. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. They can't strip it. 
How do you beat that if you're Death Shadow? How do you win? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the warm category. Yeah. I don't think I, don't, I think pretty much Simeon Spirit Guide everyone gets. For those who don't know, it's you exile from your hand to make one man. The, the other thing is it's really hard to stop or interact with. There's no real way to stop Simeon Spirit Guide. Like you can thought seize it, but then you're wasting thought seize on a lotus petal, which seems only you should get the thing that's going to kill you, not Simeon Spirit Guide. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty easy. Um, okay, next is cooling. So these are cards that will probably always, in some way, be on this list. And could be banned with a couple good finishes from decks that are playing them pretty easily. But we feel are less likely to be banned and maybe are fine to maybe invest money into um, right now. Unless they do really well. And the first one, th these are there's only two. Uh, Goro's Vengeance and Ensnaring Bridge. Vengeance is the same is the same as Spirit Guide where it would take a GP win. It would take something like really, really broken and busted for Wizards to want to make that not a thing. Um, but I don't think that the most unfair things Goryeo's Vengeance was doing, they were like a year ago, and it didn't get banned then, and it's not really doing those things anymore. So, like you said, the graveyard hate being what it is, I'm not really worried about that card. We're one really good giant legendary creature from something going crazy, though. They're I mean, trying like... to they're trying to print it in this <laughs> next set, this new black thing. But the, the new demon that you can sack a creature? I don't think that's good in this deck. No. But I think that deck card is sweet. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. I don't know if it's sweet and modern, no, but it's, it's super sweet. Doesn't do enough. Uh, but they're one giant legendary creature, Emrakul status-like thing. And, and to be totally honest, there's an argument that Emrakul maybe should be on a watch list. Uh, I don't think it's there yet, but uh, I think we could maybe even say that it's in this list. Why don't we do that right now? I'm going to add Emrakul to this list. The cooling Yeah, I think down. it's in the cooling list. Uh, like, it does so many unfair things, but let's talk about Gory's Vengeance. I mean, that deck is the current poster child for Glass Cannon, dies yeah. to hate just blatantly. But if someone comes up with a version, Death Shadow-esque, uh, that is just way you know very good and plays cards differently. Like Grishel Brand is a version of that, where Grishel Brand existed yep. forever, and then just someone realized, oh, this is just a better version of Death Shadow totally. or uh, Goryeo's Vengeance decks. And that kind of innovation is right around the corner for any strategy. And this is a card that very much can put Emrakul in the play on turn two. <laughs> right. Um, now, does Simeon Spirit Guide matter more for that banning, or Gory's Vengeance is a good question. I think Simeon Spirit Guide is a more likely ban, because this deck only really gets its turn two kill with Simeon Spirit Guide. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Spirit Guide is consistently the card that if they wanted to slow down things that were unfair, they would get rid of. Gory's Vengeance is something that occasionally pops up and does something powerful, but ultimately its most powerful thing it can do is thwarted by something that people are trying to do to kill half of the decks in modern right. anyway. So people are going to be prepared. Yep, and that's why this deck never really lasts and never really does what they want it to do. True, true. So now let's let's talk about Emrakul since we just blatantly added it to the list. Yep. I actually have a last card to add to the list, uh, okay. but that'll be in the the cold section. Yep. Um, but Emrakul is a card that says I win on it. Yeah, and anytime you print a way to put that card into play, the Aetherworks Marvel just five would a a Moto League. So but Alex, like, it costs 15. No, it doesn't. It costs infinite mana, but <laughs> you never actually, like, well, decks have cast it before, cough, yeah. tron, cough. But that had one you could tutor with Ibugan. It, it's, it's a card that if you figure out a way to cheat it into play somehow, it's going to win you the game pretty much, period. And maybe it's too good at that. It might be. Yeah, like I can, like I don't think we're. I think we have a while for it to be banned, but uh, like I can imagine a future in the next five years of Emrakul becoming the card that Wizards is like. 
oh, this is this is the problem. <laughs> right. Well, this is too good. We printed the best creature ever. You, it costs way too much mana, but any way to cheat it in the play makes it just this is the go to thing to cheat in the play versus all these other things that might be more interesting to have to cheat in the play. I mean, Aetherworks Marvel decks are now seeing play. You have classic Tron decks that were able to cast it. You have Gorio's Vengeance decks. You have enter, you know, uh, uh, Titan Shift decks. Like, there's so many different ways to put this into play that it might just be the an issue eventually. And like, it's definitely something to keep an eye on and to realize that like this card is probably at a power level that was maybe a little bit of a mistake. Yeah. And they've had a history of banning Emrakuls. Plus, if they ban this, they'll still be the other one. So, I, I don't know necessarily how problematic it is for this to go away i wouldn't think that they would unless they like this is one of those things that i think unless their hand was kind of forced this is like so far from something i think i think we need two other decks to have other cards banned out from of them where emrakul was the thing doing the the thing for wizards to realize or for the world to agree that emrakul probably needs to go i don't think we're there yet but i think if this if aetherworks marvel deck becomes crazy Yep. And then we they, they ban a card out from that or, or, or they just it's fine but it's doing really powerful things. Do you things. really think Marvel I, I you were just talking about this, but do you really think Marvel has a chance to be a modern deck? If I vote a thing. I, I mean like it wasn't a premier thing, but that's probably the first time someone put together a real list that kind of accomplished something and it does a lot of crazy things. I mean turn four like a top deck Marvel on turn four wins you the game. Yeah, I guess it's true because the creatures are more powerful. Creatures are insane. You get them in. The, all the energy cards are relatively playable. Like right. a land tutor, a, a decent, pretty to great removal spell that's good against death shadow cards. You get like the life gain, the hurts burn. Like the cards aren't doing insanely terrible things. Like yeah. I would play a lot of those cards anyways. And you have a lot of scry effects to get you to the Aetherworks Marvel you need. Um, plus you play ent- uh it plays um not enter the horde what's the um five mana what do you five mean? mana player thing for free gains haste th- through the breach through it plays through five through the breach oh sure it's a through the breach aetherworks marvel deck and it plays and it's probably playing serum visions so it's just gonna like yeah probably play, yeah yeah but faster. it plays it plays emerkles and it plays uh ulamogs and it just doesn't play gristle brands though doesn't play gristle brands interesting um or I don't think it did. I'd have to look at the list again. This I is mean, new. We'll talk like about it. it fully at some point, yeah. but yeah. So I think that is potential. And you know, there's other decks that cheat Emerald Cold into play, and they're going to consistent. Wizards is going to print cards that cheat big things into play regularly. Right. And if Goro, Bendent, Vengeance, or Grishel Brand decks do insane, and then the next tournament, a Aetherworks Marvel deck wins, and it's just like a there is the possibility and the power level is there for Emrakul to top eight multiple GPs and win multiple GPs in, cons- in like once one after the other yep. to the point where people are like, oh, maybe that card should go away. Yeah. I think like Emrakul is like... The power level's never been contested. It's just going to be the question of with a lot of these cards, the results it puts up. It still feels like to me though, Emrakul... It, it kind of has reverse Birthing Pod where like Birthing Pod, every creature they ever printed made Birthing Pod better. Emrakul eventually, like, every time they print anything that makes it easier to put a creature into play, Emrakul gets looked at. And eventually there's going to be enough of those that Emrakul becomes just too problematic. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I guess all all of the different... Before the split the split card, split face change happened, there was, like, the Brain in a Jar deck that was doing it. Yeah. Right? Breaking yeah, 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 yeah. The Breaking and Entering deck. Yeah. What, you were saying something before, sorry. No, I think, I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um... The and then so that's that's the the cooling. Um, I don't think anything else on this list that we didn't. Yeah, oh, and Staring Bridge. We didn't talk about oh, Staring Bridge. Yeah. So 
Sarek Bridge is the f when when Lantern Control first came on the scene and won a GP. Had a very long discussion on how Ensnaring Bridge is possibly the card to get banned. It does something that Wizards probably doesn't want a card to do. Um, it, it it turns off the way Magic Wizards believes Magic should be played. The combat yeah. step, like the combat step, is important to them, and Ensnaring Bridge turns it off and does it in a way that is generally a unfun way right. of doing it. Um, and there's no real way around it unless you have the removal spell for this permanent. Like, if Ensnaring Bridge was a creature, I think we'd never talk about it again. I think it would be a totally fine. It'd be a great creature, but sure. it, would be, it would be fine. Um, but the fact that it's on an artifact, if it was on an enchantment, I think it would be banned already yep. to give you the range of where I think permanents are problematic. Um, it, I love this card. Me too. I don't want to see it go. And, that's, and, and, but I, and I think Wizards would probably ban Mox Opal first unless something crazy happened because Mox Opal is the card that lets Ensnaring Bridge be insane because it, it's a card that lowers your hand size that also ramps you into Ensnaring Bridge. Right. Um, Here's why I don't think Ensnaring Bridge should be banned and also I think why it, will, why it won't be banned. Um, I think that Ensnaring Bridge allows you to build a certain type of fair deck that there's almost no cards that exist that allow you to do it. And Ghostly Prison is probably the closest card to it that you can build with. And you've seen white prison decks build with Ghostly Prison. It gets played in Lantern, like, or at least it did. It's a card that people play. But the fact that you can put a bridge, for instance, into a mill deck, you know? Like, you can play that as, like, a protection card in, like, a blue-black mill deck. Or, like, something like that. Or you can play it in a Tesserator deck. It becomes this very, very, very important, like, middle-of-your-deck linchpin card. That without it, you strip away the ability for people to brew. And I don't think that it's oppressive. It just make it just slows yeah. the game down, and it's an artifact. So it's like the the format's already positioned to be able to answer this card. In a lot of cases, main deck it costs three. It dies to abrupt decay. The hoops you have to jump through for this to be good are really high. You like to be able to get this into play and then get rid of all the cards in your hand takes a lot of work. And I think there are cards higher on our watch list that are the reason that you can do that. So would be the reason that it becomes problematic. Mox Opal. And Mishra's Bobble, both being zero-cost artifacts. So right. you can play an artifact-heavy deck with this card in it, but then get them out in the play pretty cheaply, and then ramp into this, is what's, or dig to it, is what really makes it more problematic to me than necessarily it. The card. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. It. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. That, that wasn't a, uh, like me continuing my sentence. That was a, sure. I was referring to it in the, in the singular. Fair. The card um, we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's Insuring Bridge. Now, the last thing is Cold. Yep. Um, and two of these you added, or two of these you know, and then I added one in my head. And we, it might even be a little bit cooling. But the first one is Thoughtseize, which we talked about pretty thoroughly. Yeah. I don't think they're banning Thoughtseize anytime soon. I don't think they're going to ban Thoughtseize anytime soon. I don't. I think if they banned Thoughtseize, I actually don't think it would be as much of a problem as you're thinking. I actually think that banning Thoughtseize would open up a whole swath of mid-range style decks and other interesting and creative decks that would not face anywhere near as much disruption in the early game. And I think the what you're talking about with combo decks and these like super glass Kennedy decks just running rampant. I don't think it would be as much of a problem as you'd think. There's a lot of ways to answer those things. I think it would be a big problem. But I, I, I also like, is there another answer on the ban list? I don't think there is. This would be the first answer to be banned. Yeah. I think that makes it really unlikely. Sure. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. And, and beyond that, I, I also think that like this card is very good for the format. I think it's fine that decks that require on glass cannon plays 
shouldn't be too good. Right. And this is we're never going to get force of will, and I'd rather this exist than not. Sure. And the the risk of un, the risk of banning it is so much higher than the risk of keeping it in play. Sure. What else you got on the cold? List? Um. The Urza lands. Yeah, that to me, if they ban the Urza lands, what they're literally saying is, they're saying, we don't want you to be able to do powerful things that are fun. With like relatively slow clocks, uh, so we're gonna make it impossible to do it. It's not banning cloud posts. That's not the same thing. It's it's like literally saying you're doing this thing that probably takes you three to five turns to get going, and we don't want you to do it. Yeah, it's a weird. They break the rule. They're but it's such a defining thing, and I also think they like are gonna be saved time and time again because Tron is so bad, right? At GPS which is the premier way we're going to see modern play forever. Sure. Because aggressive decks are so much more common in those events, and because because of that, Tron is just going to always have a problem. And it's good that we have a deck that preys so heavily on fair decks that is fair itself, so it, there is a rock-paper. Worst-case scenario, we end in a rock-paper-scissors with Jund, a Jund-style Thoughtseize deck, Tron eating on the Jund deck, and an aggressive deck that... Jund rips apart eating the Tron deck. Right. And that's the world we live in, and I think that's fine. I agree. Um, okay, and the last card on these watch lists is uh, Primeval Titan. Oh, yeah. They've talked about banning Primeval Titan a lot of times. You know they? how many cards Primeval Titan has caused to be banned? <laughs> yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like, it keeps dodging it, which is fine, because I think Primeval Titan is an awesome card, and I don't want to see it banned, and I do think it's a cold card. I don't think it's ever, like, really going to be in contention. But I think it's a similar card to Emrakul. I think it's the cold version of Emrakul because it always is doing crazy, um, powerful things. Yeah. Like the Locust Lands, Primeval Titan. Uh, Amulet Bloom had Primeval Titan. Uh, Valkut was on the ban list to begin with because Primeval Titan was too good. Titan Shift is a tier 1.5, the tier 2 deck. and you know th- There are so many different things that this card does, and every land they print that does something sweet, which they've decided to do more of once they change the legendary rule, makes Primeval Titan better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like we live in a world where it's just like, this card's just going to continue to escalate, and eventually they're going to print a land that makes it too good, or or not, But and I don't want this card to be banned because I think Primeval Titan just always does sweet things, yeah. but... You know, it, it's a card that definitely has to be in contention when you talk about a watch list. Like it, 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 it so consistently gets, and at a bare minimum, if Primeval Titan is too good, look at other cards in the deck because one of them's gonna get banned. Anytime yeah. Primeval Titan gets good, a card gets banned. It's just not Primeval Titan for sure. So like, maybe it won't be Primeval Titan, but look at Primeval Titan decks and be like, do I want to invest in this deck because most likely this land that Primeval Titan is finding is too good and will be banned. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, the last part of the conversation, and we'll just we're running short on time, so we'll just breeze over them really quickly. Because we've talked about these a hundred times, yeah, like, and, and we'll continue to. But Stoneforge Mystic, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Bloodbraid Elf, um, those are the three ones. I'd also say Preordain is safe to unban, <laughs> but people seem to disagree with me, and you're all wrong. <laughs> uh, those are like the yeah three, and then three and a half cards. We'll say <laughs> that uh, we talk about unbanning and what would happen. Now, there, I have heard there's a school of thought that thinks unban everything and just like let modern be modern yeah and i want to really have a real conversation about this as a full episode soon yeah. um because i have really strong opinions on what that looks like uh most of them are that uh mental misstep is the worst card ever printed <laughs> there's like five cards on that on the ban list to um, me there's like five of them where i'm like 
if this was legal, it would ruin modern. And yeah. it's like it's like probably like mental missteps. One of them, I think probably probably skull clamp is one of them. Top, I want to actually say top is one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if GTA is one of them, but GTA is like right on the edge. Yep, I think I think um, cards like the, the the problem is there's like four reasons cards were banned, and yep. one of them is like tournament play is ruined by them, and yep. I think those have to stay banned. Yep. I think like second sunrise and top can't be unbanned more because it just makes tournaments unplayable. And I think pod needs to stay banned. I mean, uh, with these other cards being unbanned, yeah, like yeah. I think like Storm is the best deck in the format, and Pod has no chance against it. Yeah, it's fair. But I, I think like, yeah, the cards you named are all like way too good. But yeah. on the cards that are probably fair to unban, because I want to do a whole episode, so we shouldn't go on a tangent on that right yeah. now. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic in a world where Call Against Command is one of the best cards in the format seems fine. Yeah. Uh, with Collective Brutality also in the format seems extra fine. Um. If only Collective Brutality could get rid of artifacts. Yeah, right. Out of the hand. Uh, discard. Uh, Jace will always be brought up because it's a card people love to play with. In this format, I, I like keep... Every year I get less and less worried about Jace being unbanned. I think it might be fine eventually. I don't know if that time is now. I still... I think with Death Shadow... The problem is, like, blue is bad until it's good, and when it's good, Jace shouldn't be unbanned. So, like, Jace and Death Shadow sounds like a nightmare. Just as their top end, that they're just, just like, like, oh yeah, we have Jace the Mind Sculptor too. Yeah, so like all that work <laughs> he did to get rid of the problem with Jace is that he forces people to do a game of all the work you're doing to get rid of one strategy. Oh, there's this other strategy that's all on one card. He's his, he's like his own. He's the perfect planeswalker in the sense that the the flavor of planeswalkers have always been that you're bringing another player to the table. Yes, and Jace literally is playing two at a giant against the player single hand. Yeah, I, I would totally like. I agree with the attitude that comes from most of the better pros when you talk to them, which is like people don't realize how good this card actually yeah. is. They just don't understand until they're seeing the best players all have an opportunity to play four of them, and then it's like. It's just the best I, magic card. I, every time I like am okay with Jace being unbanned, it's because blue is bad. And blue is bad regularly. But the moment that there's a decent blue deck, Jace will be a four of the two of in that deck and will be too good. <laughs> Think about the, all these like Esper decks you're building that are like fringe good. They're like they're like sweet, but they're like not quite there. And well, how much like, better they get if Jace is legal. No, see okay, so those are the decks I think Jace would be great to have unbanned for. I think these Esper decks having a Jace unbanned would be really good for them, and I think that's a cool deck that would see play. Not just because I love that deck, but I think like in general those decks do fair things and Jace being unbanned in them would be fine. It's the Death Shadow. It's the uh um uh, scape shift decks it's the what was twin and 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 we don't have a tin twin deck now but jason twin would be insane and like because the point is is that jace does three things it digs for combos it presents a threat that you have to answer but it is impossible to get rid of and it's a removal spell and also all that's going to happen if jace is legal is you're just going to see what we talked about with death right shaman blue jund and blue mid-range decks and these things that play play all the good well, blue cards. jund is grixis i mean that yeah like, but i'm saying but like I don't think you become a Grixis deck. I think you just see a bunch of these decks become four-color decks again, and they just play really no, aggressive mana bases with Jace as the four-drop. Because Jace doesn't encourage four-color, because it's a double blue card. But you just Grixis becomes the best mid-range deck. It, like, it, I think we both agree that Jace shouldn't be unbanned. It, yeah. We're more arguing about why, and it, both reasons are valid. Whereas Stoneforge, I still think, would be safe to unban. Yeah, I think like the strategies that it hurts aren't that good anyways. Yep. Being like weird, random, aggressive decks, like... Most of them now have weird combo finishes or whatever, and the life gain is fine. Yeah. Burn already has problems because of Collective Brutality. Uh, I don't know. I think Stoneforge Mystic. And there's like 18 different ways to kill a Stoneforge Mystic. Right. Like the removal in the format between Path, Bolt, 
path being the worst against Stoneforge Mystic, but Bolt, Fatal Push, Collective Brutality, Colgan's Command, uh, and Friends. Right. Like, Stoneforge Mystic seems fine. Yeah, I agree. And Bloodbraid Elf should be unbanned. It's dumb that it's banned. Yep, agreed. Jund isn't even in the best decks right now, so I don't know why people are... Makes it, it, it also is incentivization to not play Death Shadow. Like, I think, if anything, instead of banning Death Shadow cards, unban Stoneforge Mystic and Bloodbraid Elf because Stoneforge Mystic is a direct opposition to Death Shadow and gives multiple different decks reasons to play different cards. I agree. And Bloodbraid Elf also doesn't work very well with Death Shadow because if your life total is not in a position to play Death Shadow very well, it has problems. And also, since Grixis is the best Death Shadow deck, it gives Jund a reason to exist. Agreed. I think that wraps up the conversation. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's do the little call-outs. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Kess Wiley. You I are at Ben Bateman Media. And we are at the MM Cast. Make sure to check out our Patreon. It is how we do all of the cool things we do. We really, really, really appreciate it. And any little extras we're able to accomplish is because of the help of the Patreon. And it really is is, is definitely a place to go check out. Um, make sure that follow us. Find the Facebook group. It's a group, not a page. There is a page. The page will survive. But the group is the main thing to follow. Yes. It's the best way to interact with us after Twitter. And probably the best way to have group discussions with the podcast to be a part of. It's also where we are now using as kind of a, 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 a jumping off board. So we posted this list, this episode's title on it early as a question and then there was a whole discussion about what we talked about today so it's a way to kind of contribute to the podcast and it's a great place to be a part of the community uh, make sure to check collective.company that is where our podcast actually lives beyond itunes there are also the command zone there which is our sister podcast they do just the craziest awesome stuff and you should definitely check them out um and um i think that's all the, uh 10 minutes of magic yeah, check it out. It's on it's on Anchor. It's anchor.fm. Yep. Find, find the show. 10 minutes and if you want to just try it out, we post on the Facebook group and the Twitter every day the video version of the uh, of yeah, the, 10 Minutes so, of Magic. Some, some of the better segments get posted on Facebook yep. and on Twitter, and you'll see it. So just check it out, listen, see if you like it, and um, uh, interact. I, I like, We'll call you out. We'll, like You can call in. That's the coolest part about it is you call in. As, instead of tweeting, you just like record on your phone for 60 seconds or less, and I hear you, and I'll play your call, and I'll respond to it. So that's... Yep. The last, the last thing, uh, just corrections from last week, Lantern and Burn probably should have been a little higher. We'll admit it here. <laughs> all right. Love all you guys. Talk to you guys next week. Thank Thanks. you Bye, guys. for your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>